I really believe that. If it didn't work out with you, like, sorry to hear it, but everybody has exes. Everybody has people that it didn't work out with. That doesn't mean that there's no one out there for them. <laughs> They're exes because it didn't work out with you. It didn't work out with you. This is Not For Everyone podcast hosted by a hater and a lover. Me, Bita Hater, and Jess is a lover. That was not my best run of doing the intro it to the podcast. It actually was. I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to do it again. It actually was because I know that you sometimes <laughs> overthink and stress about the intro, and that came straight from your soul. Like, it was good. It yeah. was guttural. Yeah, it was real. Anytime you're referencing Borat, it's guttural and it's and it's right. So continue. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I have a real stupid feeling. I just have like a real stupid feeling about me today. That's perfect for recording. I mean, we're recording That's on a true. <laughs> we're recording on a different day than usual. I feel empty. Like not from a my heart doesn't feel empty. I feel emotionally sound, but my brain is empty. <laughs> like completely. I get that from you. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can smell that. I'll tell you whose brain isn't empty. And okay. it's parents. And that's obvious, but like let me double click on that. So I was at Target where I have been every day for the past two weeks, just buying okay. Christmas decor, <laughs> candles, and other accoutrements for my life. And I was in line to pay, and there was a woman in front of me who was there alone. Um, it looked like she was buying like Christmas gifts for her kids or something. She was maybe in her late 30s, early 40s. And she's just like minding her own business paying. I'm standing in line behind her. And then there's someone behind me. But, you know, I haven't looked at her like she's irrelevant to the situation until the woman in front of me yells back to the woman behind me and is like, hey, did you do that project for school? And the woman behind me is like, Oh, yeah. When's that due? And basically, I watched these two moms talk about their kids school project that basically was a project for them to do. It was like truly shocking and just a reminder of one of the many reasons that I don't think I want kids because they were like, yeah, I guess we'll carve out time this weekend. Like, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm thinking of doing that. We'll need to do research on this. Like it was entirely I think their kids based on the gifts she was buying. Their kids are like elementary age. At, you know, at max, like they have a little oh kids, but there's a school project that is due and the parents are going to be doing it. Uh, parents listening to this are probably like, yeah, duh. But to me, it was a jarring thing to witness these two women talking about logistics for getting a school project done who are like moms in their 40s with jobs, probably multiple kids, a lot to do other than like create a mobile or a poster board or something you know yeah I know it kind of makes me sick to try to wrap my mind around navigating that as a parent not sick the way these moms are doing it because I can really understand there's such ridiculous pressures there were when we were going through school and it's definitely only gotten worse literally like right before I got on this podcast Justin and I were voice memoing about this really and the whole yeah, what what's Huffman? What is her name? The actress. Oh, Felicity Huffman. 
Felicity Huffman, the that college whole student scandal. scandal yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She, would she get like jail time or something for like trying to buy her way her her, her kids, kids way into, college, into school? And it was also um <sighs> the woman in Full House whose daughter was like a YouTuber, right. but I don't know if she really does anything anymore. And they like yeah. pretended that they had hobbies or something. Were like the captain of some team or something. To be able to get into whatever USC. they they try yeah. to they try to cheat their kids into school yeah and I do get I do get there's so much pressure and everyone is just like afraid for their kids at every level like from the youngest age everyone's just like afraid for their kids and it is kind of scary and at the same time there's so much that is lost in like you don't they're. <sighs> What am I trying to say? Even in my own family, I'll just speak for my own family. There was a lot lost in like letting kids have agency. No, I get what you're saying. Like um, there's so much lost in not letting your kids kind of figure it out for themselves to some degree, not letting them fail, not letting them make mistakes. Like, And also not letting them like be bad at something and then like mm-hmm. choose how they're going to problem solve that. It's just so silly because if you hold someone's hand, like I've watched this happen first person, if you hold someone's hand all the way through school, what happens when they're out of school? Like there's this idea that doing well in school is the same as giving your kid a good life. And like there's Mm. a bell curve probably to that. Like, yes, there's a bell curve. But you see so many people go to like really elite or affluent schools. And if they have not in the meantime like learned to decide for themselves like what where they care to put their energy what they want to do when there's big obstacles um when they can't pay their way through something um like how they're going to how to like divvy up time and time management when you can't get a pluses and everything post college or whatever like how to say no to things that don't interest you or you're not as good at like or or and also just like what it means to build a good life beyond grades yeah it's just like they're conflated that like grades and a good life are conflated but like getting good grades isn't even actually the same as having a good career and having a good career is also not the same as a good life like right it's just I find it all to be so silly and yet you can't disregard all of it but I feel like it's just so much more valuable to emphasize like you know committing yourself to things trying a lot of stuff, being able to say no to the right things, you know, taking strategic risks and and stuff like that, being a good person. Like, I think those all get you closer to, like, wanting to give your kid a good life, which is ultimately what every parent does want. But we get fucking caught up in fluff. Just like an observation, I have a story to tell that's relevant to this, um, but just an observation that I just realized whenever we talk about parenting topics which are definitely hard to talk about neither of us are parents it's much easier said from an outsider's perspective than you know if we were actually in it trying to figure this out but you know we're humans with opinions whatever I don't think there's a problem in talking about it it's yes it's not like I haven't experienced parenting yes fucking I have first person experience in parenting uh in receiving it (laughs) this is actually what I was going to point out you are um always the one who takes the kid's perspective in these conversations. And I'm always the one who takes the parent's perspective in the conversations. Not to say that I don't mm. agree with your what you're saying. I totally agree with. But it's mm. very natural for my brain to go when I'm observing a situation like this to go, oh, my God, that parent 
is like having to put so much time and energy into this because I'm a person who probably doesn't want to be a parent. And so I'm thinking about that side. I don't want that. I don't want that life is what you're thinking. Yeah. Yes. And you're thinking more from the kid's perspective, like because you do care about having kids very much so and you want to do it in the right way. And so you always take the side of describing Uh, it from that lens. You know what I'm saying? How to help a kid. That's so funny. Which I just think is really interesting. But the story I was going to tell that is relevant and you will have, um, you'll, you'll relate to in some ways is when we were in the eighth grade, Caroline and I both did plays and musicals at our school. I only did musicals. Um, I, I was a singer. I wasn't an actor. So I only went out for the musicals that happened. And then you did both. And the musical that was going on that year was Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I auditioned. I was really hopeful that I would get like a one of the lead roles and kind of they posted the cast list at the end of it all. And I got a part, but it was a really small part. And I was disappointed. And I came home and told my parents and they were disappointed on my behalf. They knew that I was excited about this and that I worked hard and they felt like I deserved something more than that. And I don't remember like exactly the way the next few days transpired, but ultimately I remember them basically encouraging me and pushing me to quit the musical. And I was kind of torn about that. I was like, well, all my friends are still doing it. It'll still be a fun thing. Like it's not the end of the world. I'm disappointed, but I'll still like show up and do it. But they knew I was hurt about it. They were doing their best. Like I think they they did the wrong thing in that situation, looking back on it, but they were doing their best. They were trying to help me, I don't know, stand up for myself or something. But I quit the musical at my parents' encouragement. And that oh, whole semester, I wasn't in that musical. Yeah, I feel like people think oh. I was just because I was in a lot of them and it all blends together. But I quit that musical. I wasn't in it. Um, I spent the next semester, like at the end of school, all my friends were going to practice and I went home and felt like I was kind of missing out on this thing that I wanted, but they told me it was the right thing to do because of how upset I was, whatever. I don't know. I think about it a lot though, because I feel like it was one of those situations where maybe they should have let me experience what it's like to try for something and not get, you know, exactly what you wanted out of it, but still see it through and participate and be a good team player. Luckily, I am a person who does all those things in life anyway. It's not like it made me this like monster that quits anytime I don't get my way. Mm -hmm. But I do think it was a weird choice on their part Um, and like reactive, very motivated by pride, which is a really Mm. big value in my family. Um, And anyway, that's just a story that that came to mind when you were talking like those types of things of not letting your kid just like do the thing, even if it, even if they're not going to ace it or even if they didn't get exactly what they wanted or making it about you. It it seems like it totally, it is, that is a surprising choice to make. And I'm sure I will make so many surprising and fucking like weirdo choices if I'm a parent one day. Cause like, you're still just like a person who's like scared of stuff. And probably yeah. the scariest thing becomes um, not being able to protect your kid from pain and from unhappiness and from hurt. Like, I think that's got to be one of the most painful things as a parent. And I think most parents will do like almost anything to try and keep their kids from experiencing 
pain emotionally or professionally or whatever. And A, you actually can't. Like, it's a part of life. If you try to protect them from it all the way, they just become a monster. And then, like, best case scenario, they move out of your household and they're completely unprepared for when they experience pain, which is inevitable. And you kind of, it's like, I don't know. I read this article the other day that was just like, I don't know why this blew my mind, but I had to see it written down. It was just like, we can't make our kids happy because you Mm. actually can't make any, you can't make anyone happy. You can't make them happy. You can send them to a fancy school. You can send them to a fancy camp. You can throw them the best birthday party or get them the best SAT tutor but like you can't make them happy Mm -hmm. um and that just I don't have any answers for that but just a little bit of sympathy of like I I think it's going to be a big pitfall for me potentially in the future where I'm just going to be like so nervous about Mm -hmm. yeah them having to experience anything negative or I don't know I don't yeah. know. Even I heard an example. I don't know who gave this example the other day. I don't know if I read it or if it was a therapist talking about it or what. But somebody talking about like um, their kid coming home from school and being like, I'm the worst player on the soccer team. I'm the, I'm the worst soccer player on the soccer team. And the parental response, like, so naturally, is to be like, no, you're not. Like, you're good at this and you're da-da-da-da-da-da. And what that actually, it's like coming from love, but what that actually communicates to the kid is like that it would be so bad. It would be so bad and so unsurvivable and so intolerable if you were really bad at soccer and the worst on the soccer team that's what it communicates actually is that like that would be a really scary thing for us so let's not live there let's make sure it's something else Mm -hmm. and like as opposed to just being like oh what's that feel like why what makes you say that blah 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 and like a kind of a safety in exploring it um there there's i don't know there's like so many million different ways you can respond to each of these scenarios but i did think that was really interesting like all the ways that we communicate fear and I do this to my friends I do it to my siblings you know I probably do it to my boyfriend I, I think I do it to people that I love all the time of being like ah this bad thing would be the worst thing so let's make sure it's not that thing but it's like I don't know if there can be some space and like maybe that's not the end of the world maybe maybe if yeah. you're the worst player on the soccer team it actually doesn't really change the quality of your life or the quality of your worth and like that could be okay you can be the worst player on the soccer team maybe but mostly like why are you feeling that way I don't know I thought it was interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry to those moms at Target. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had another thing come up recently that I wonder if you've heard about. Are you on Facebook? Hi. I mean, I it exists, but I'm okay. not on it unless I'm like selling something on Facebook Marketplace. That's basically oh, right. why I have Facebook right now is to like buy and sell on Facebook Marketplace. That's yeah, it. yeah. I've almost created a new Facebook. I deleted my Facebook like probably eight years ago at this point. Um, completely yeah. deleted, not just deactivated. Like I was like, get this thing out of my face. Ooh, good for you. I know that Instagram is owned by Facebook. I still essentially have a Facebook through that. But anyway, and I've thought about bringing it back for Marketplace, but I haven't yet. Okay, but I was somewhere like at a family gathering when I was home talking to my cousins and different family friends. And somehow it came up that there's this Facebook group. There's a bunch of Facebook groups 
called Are We Dating the Same Guy? Yep, 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 yep. I've never heard about this. It was shocking in all these different cities. And people post a picture of a guy that they just matched with on an app or whatever, Mm -hmm. met at a bar, and other women chime in on, like, kind of rate him. If he's, like, double... Double time in them. Yeah. Oh, they oh, they just review him. Well, it's it's kinda like, is he talking to anyone else? Like, is he double timing us? But then also a little bit of like if you have dated him in the past but aren't anymore, like I don't know. Is he Yeah. Is he okay to proceed with? I mean It's basically Yelp. It's Yelp for dudes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like, did he treat you well? Did he How is the service? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, how is the service? Uh, oh my god i feel like it's such a slippery slope with that stuff like i, I don't know. know that i would want to oh, be know. in that group but it seems like I'm a lot of people any. use it well i haven't actually looked at one but i remember my one of my friends brought it up in dc um i think a girl who was in the group messaged my friend a girl she didn't know messaged my friend it was like we're dating the same guy or something and then i can't remember i think she went and looked my friend went and looked on the facebook group and she didn't think they were dating the same guy but she had the impulse to check and i feel like if you need to check i feel like if you need to check mm. maybe maybe just don't date him i, I do kind of i i think i do kind of feel that way i think if you need to check maybe just don't date him if that's a believable thing if you get that message and it's at all believable to you then that's a red flag <laughs> you that's know like not that's probably not it I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. But then there are some people, I agree with you, but there are some people who will be like, well, okay, this is like getting us into tricky territory to discuss. Let's do it. Right after a parenting topic. But um, there's this attitude of like women need to look out for each other, like if a woman says that she had this experience with a guy, then like you would want to, you should want to know that. To me, I'm that like, assumes, ugh, okay. we're not all the same. Somebody's trash is another man's treasure. Like, I agree. If he treated I you agree. that way. Okay. There are certain things that are like extreme behaviors. Pull that back a little bit and just think about other behaviors of like, oh, he was always a little bit like short with me or he kind of like, commented on the way I dress in this way or whatever it's like I don't know there's certain I can't think of good examples but there's certain things where it's like yeah I probably won't like that guy he wouldn't introduce me to his family like he never introduced me to his family he was like it's like okay like that does suck for you I'm glad you're not dating him anymore because you know you deserve to date someone who wants to introduce you your family uh, this doesn't this doesn't mean it's a character trait for him. Yes, it yes, might, yes, yes, it yes. might not I don't know. I like I think a lot of people are on there just being like <sighs> again, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. We're all trash. We're all trash. I'm someone's fucking trash ex. Exactly. I'm somebody's fucking trash ex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm trash. Okay? Completely. And we've uh, all treated people differently than we treat the person that we actually end up loving and wanting to be with because that's why those things didn't work out and now you're with a person you know like i i really believe that if it didn't work out with you like sorry to hear it but everybody has exes everybody has people that it didn't work out with that doesn't mean that there's no one out there for them (laughs) yeah they're exes exes because it didn't work out with you because it didn't work out with you yeah i take that's why i'm like not very interested in these groups a because i have a boyfriend b because 
I feel like I don't really actually care what someone else's opinion is. Completely. Just in general in life, I just don't really care what your opinion on shit is. I might end up having the same opinion as you, but I like need to vet it for myself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because when I was trying to articulate that in this group that I was talking to about this, like no one seemed to agree with that (laughs) that point. None of the women there. What were they saying? I mean, granted, the person who showed it to me is married in like a happy marriage. Well, I don't know if it's happy, but married and uh, has kids (laughs) and has been married to this guy for a really long time. And they seem good. I mean, like I like him and whatever from an outsider's perspective seems fine. Um, So I think she just looks at these groups for entertainment value on Facebook. But I was like, I mean, you got to take these things with a grain of salt. Like somebody's trash is another man's treasure, whatever. And she was of the mindset. And I think many people are. I forget about these people because they're not the people that I'm encountering day to day and the people who I'm really tight with and the way I think. But there's many people out there who are like, wouldn't you want to know? Like, it's the same people who over like Google and find somebody on Instagram and like look at somebody's old tweets before they go on the first date. This assumes that I would agree with any single way this fucking stranger looks at the world. Like literally, I basically agree with nobody about anything. Why would I agree with you about a stranger's evaluation of another stranger? Like what? 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 Think I know about nothing about people. this stranger. Think That's about, telling have me. Have you met people? Have you met people? Have you met people? Why? Why do you think like internet fights are happening in like the Instagram comments? Because we don't see the world the same way. So why would I see this person yeah. the same way as you? Yeah, it's like what? the the woman talking about this man is as much of a stranger as the man is, you know, like if yeah. not more of a stranger, because at least I matched with the guy or something. I've had a conversation with him. Totally. Yeah, I I'm so with you. Um, It was shocking to me. But yeah, I didn't even know that these existed and I will stay far, far away from them. I don't even have Facebook, but I do kind of like that they exist for the real dogs out there. I like that they exist for the dogs. Sure. For the dogs. The dogs, the dogs, the dogs that are like, you know, triple timing a bunch of people or whatever, dating a bunch of people. Why am I so cryptic? And yeah, get them. Go get them. Go fucking get them. Yeah, true. For all the dogs. Beyond just like reviewing, beyond just like reviewing people. I mean. And I think that, I think that it's mostly for the dogs to catch the dogs and to let other women it's know about the dogs. the dogs. Mostly for the but dogs. I'm sure that, that those lines get blurred and that's when like you really have to have discernment about how much you're going to take these things seriously, you know. There's literally a Black Mirror episode about this. Um oh, there's really? a Black Mirror episode where I can't remember what it's called, but there's an episode where everybody basically walks around with a rating a five-star rating and like when you have an interaction and you can rate each other a stranger you interact with on the street you get to give them a five-star rating like when you pick up your mail when you get in an uber well we can do that currently Uh, but when i talk to a stranger on the street when i talk to my um neighbor when i have exchanges with my landlord when i say hi to someone at the gym people can constantly rate you based on their experience of you and it just makes this incredibly it's you know it's like an expansion of what we already live in to some degree um but it it just makes an incredibly it's in black mirror episode which means it's a night it's a nightmare um where everybody is like trying to perform all the time and you know no no single incident 
like a single incident can haunt you forever. And obviously some people, um, you know, I'd like the truth to be known about them, but it is a very, very slippery slope. Right. I just started watching this show Upload on Amazon Prime now. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. It's uh, it is like a comedy short episode black mirror like double clicking on that black mirror episode and making it a whole tv series it's a greg daniels show he is like the executive producer on the office and parks and rec um it reminds me a lot of the good place because there's a lot of kind of like existential philosophical what happens when we die types of questions but one of the things that happens in this show and i'm literally only like four episodes in but it's interesting is um, there's a dating app, much like Tinder or whatever else. And when somebody comes over from that app, you have to record and like to have sex. Like, okay, you you have someone, you match on an app, they come over, you're going to hook up. You have to record each other saying that you consent. And then at the end of the experience with this person, you rate them exactly what you're saying, like four stars, five stars, whatever, on your experience with them sexually, on the date, whatever you did. Um, and it's like a built-in function that's required to use this dating app on this show. So it's very mm. similar to that. It's a really, it's a really weird show about basically like what the world will be like in, I don't know, 20 years or something. Um, maybe less than 20 years with like self-driving vehicles being like ubiquitous and kind of everything being automated and ai and like rating every single thing that you do exactly what you're describing um yeah it's it's fucking Such with my nightmare. brain i had i had literally yeah. have had nightmares about it even though it's like a light-hearted take on this concept and it's like not a not a horror or um thriller type of tv show Ugh. but i've had weird dreams about it for the past two well, nights it's terrible <laughs> think about because it, it just makes you think about like we all like it's like an internet joke how ridiculous and unfair and picky choosy yelp reviewers can be like yeah you know the this taco place didn't have good pizza one star yeah yeah, yeah you're ridiculous <laughs> and your expectation is ridiculous but they're allowed to leave that review so like that's what's known about yelp reviews do you think people are going to be more fair when it comes to judging other people they've had a personal relationship with? No. Totally. I don't trust you. I don't trust these people. That just Ugh. made me think of that SNL sketch about ordering lobster at a diner. It's like Pete Davidson's mm -hmm. in the sketch and they they sing this whole song um to the tune of a song from Les Mis and it's it's about like how there's lobster on the menu at this New York diner and nobody ever orders it but then this one guy comes in and finally orders it anyway um I just I definitely have ADHD <laughs> <laughs> you watch a lot of movies you have a lot of show references I, I consume never, a lot of content that's an up. old SNL sketch it's like been out for a while but um okay 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 yeah no i'm constantly binging a show if i'm not binging really? a show not constantly meaning like 24 7 in my life but at any given time there's a show in the background that i'm gonna watch tonight and tomorrow night until i'm finished with it mm. that i'm binging yeah i Cute. i require it to live <laughs> <laughs> to live and to love Okay, I'm going to give you a couple different uncute thought options. They all suck equally. 
and then you can decide. That'll make it more interesting and fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Actually, I've already decided. God damn it. I love having choices. Can you just... <laughs> Why don't you give me two choices, but make one of them the obvious better choice and just let me pretend that I have the choice. This is what so much of life is, is people just okay, thinking pretending. that they chose something. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to tell you what I think about um, a lot if I was in charge of prop design on a movie set or do you want to hear a relationship tip that has changed my life what if i chose the prop design (laughs) 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 fucking loser give me the second one baby (laughs) okay i can't even take credit for this relationship tip but um, I have written down notes for both of these, so eventually we'll get to prop design. <laughs> but my friend Ashley um, has, I don't know, I just like, she's like kind of the best communicator. She's so direct and I'm always like taking notes from her. And she talked to me about how in her relationship they'll do um, intentional like check-in conversations. It's almost like a meeting. It's almost a team meeting. Yeah. And That sounds kind of no duh, but the more I thought about it, um, and I've, and I started implementing it, the more it's like the best thing I've ever done in my relationship. Um, because to me, like in this little check-in chat, Justin and I will do it, you know, like maybe every other week and it's a potential time for us, it's on the calendar, but it could totally be spontaneous. And it's just like a designated time where we both know and are emotionally prepared that like this is a time where we're going to be able to maybe say weird things or hard things or uncomfortable things. Or often it's really, really nice things. It's really lovely things and just like reflect, reflective or gr- grateful or appreciative things that make us feel really close. Um, but whatever it is, it's kind of state of the union or like what I'm, what's on my mind for the coming week, what I need help with right now, what I could use more of, like that thing I did a week ago to you that I feel really badly about and I kind of want to talk about it again. Or like you made this one comment and I didn't really get to ask you about it because we were in the middle of something. Can we go back to that? And for me, I'm pretty good actually at forcing myself to say and communicate the hard things in a relationship. I'm, I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, but what is hard is that I still sometimes am like, ah, this isn't the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're having a nice day or we're in the middle of something or like he's stressed out about work and I don't want to add something on. And or like, I'm not going to see you for two days. So I don't want to like end our interaction by like having a deep conversation that's maybe weird. And so it's the timing of it, actually, that the check in chat has been so nice for to be like anything that comes up, kind of like having therapy scheduled on the calendar. It's like, Something comes up this week. I don't have to find the perfect moment and read the room perfectly and time it perfectly because guess what? I never will. I know there's a designated time where we're both emotionally prepared to be like, okay, what's a weird thing you want to say to me right now? Let's both like come and embrace it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some weeks we do it and nobody really has anything heavy on their mind. We just get to like lay together and like say nice feelings and kind of regardless whether it's difficult things or like appreciative things at the end I feel like really close it like relieves so much anxiety um 
And I think also what makes it work is that he really meets me there. He's like very, Mm -hmm. he's not doing it begrudgingly. He's like very, very enthusiastic about it, which is really important, I think. Otherwise, like this would never have been possible with like one one of my exes. But I don't know. I just wanted to share that. It's it's kind of like fucking no duh, but it has been huge. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's no duh. I have a friend who my friend Mary told me about this approach like a few years ago. Um, she had implemented it with her partner and felt like it really worked for them. I've never done it, but it's been in the back of my mind as like a tool that I could implement could ask my partner about whatever if I wanted to what's hard for me I think it's awesome I think it's awesome I think ideal state I would love to have that as like a thing in my relationship and know like every two weeks or whatever it is this is going to be our designated time for that I think what makes it hard for me is that I am such a in the moment communicator and in the moment processor like I process things really fast while they're happening I'm pretty quick to understand why the other person may have reacted in such a way why I'm feeling such a way and then I'm pretty quick to be like hey you just said this and that triggered this in me because this is my insecurity and you know did you mean it this way or did you did this or whatever it hurt my feelings can we just address it real quick like I'm very quick to do those things. Um, I think I've become that way because in past relationships, I was not. And I looked back and was like, I think that if I had just brought up things that were bothering me sooner, we could have squashed them easier. Mm -hmm. And so now I I almost have overcorrected. And I'm like bringing things up in real time regularly. And I'm glad that it has become easier for me. I'm glad that I'm in a relationship where I can do that and I have space for it. But at the same time, what you're saying about timing is such an issue because literally the other night I brought something up that I thought was going to be small, but it turned into a bigger conversation and it's like midnight. And now yeah. it's 1:30 in the morning. We've had a hard conversation. We got to get up early the next day for work. And it's like, nobody's having a good time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it often it often results in that sort of thing of like, oh, this wasn't the ideal time, but I just wanted to like nip it in the bud while it was top of mind. So I guess I'm I'm torn on this check in idea. I think ideally if I could get there um, and I think Ryan would be open to it if I really wanted to do it. But if we could get there, great. But I feel like I'm. The problem, like I'm the hang up in us getting there because I know that I'm so I'm such an in the moment communicator and it Mm -hmm. might be hard for me to like hang on to these things until the next check-in but then oh I don't think you need to store them up though I don't think yeah I don't think you would need to change anything first of all if it if it's like a tool that works for you it works for you I don't think this is like something I don't think people like need to do it because I'm doing it but I think it um would it could be worth trying if it's like because the in the moment things that's so good that's so good. I don't think you like then start storing them up, but the yeah. in the moment stuff, that's kind of like the trees and there's still like the forest through the trees where there's some like, there's some things that aren't happening. I feel in the moment, it might not be a specific interaction we had, but it's like an overall like 
the trend of where we're going or the trend of something that like I find there's always still things to talk about that just aren't in the it's like something that's been on my mind or like I wanted to talk to you about parenting feelings I wanted to talk to you about where we're moving in two years or like thing maybe that isn't coming up in conversation or or for me it's like if your partner maybe isn't an in the moment processor communicator um giving them the opportunity but but I think you're completely correct I think being being able to say it in the moment a lot of times is ideal that's for me, I can't always do that, but wherever you communicate it, that's the antidote to resentment, which like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's okay to feel anger and sadness and all the different things that come up in human relationships, but resentment, not having spoken about something and letting it go on and letting it fester, that pretty much kills you. That yeah. I will, I won't, I won't be living in a relationship of resentment. I would rather be alone. Totally. Yeah, I I mean, 100% agree that resentment is like the, the poison to any relationship. And it's you don't know. It's almost like you don't know it's a problem until it's way too late with resentment, which mm-hmm. is why you have to be actively addressing things and communicating and getting back on the same page all the time, because otherwise resentment is building and you don't even realize until it's like it's it's going to explode. Um, so I totally agree with you there. I think. um I, I like I like how you differentiated like there's kind of like the bigger themes and like the pattern type of stuff to talk about and like goals like I, I feel like that's a good way to think about it is like maybe goals for the relationship goals as individuals and how that like impacts the relationship um, things you've noticed are like repeated patterns maybe so instead of it being like oh that little thing you said that one time it's like this is something that kind of like keeps happening and it's been on my mind and I wanted to talk to you about it. Like, yeah, those seem like the right things to be delving into um, in one of these check-in meetings. So I like, yeah, that. it's kind of, kind of like in therapy. It's like, there's always something to talk about in therapy. It could just be like a feeling you've had or like a thought you've had or something that's scaring you or whatever. So that's, that's kind of how I think of it. But yeah. I think there's a million different ways to get to the same end result. This, yeah, this just felt like something to, that was helpful if you're afraid of like, I can never find the right time. time like to I'll say, say it. it, but like, what's the right time? And I did have that experience, like kind of going to bed one, where I had like a, like a very tough conversation, one time that Justin and I had, and then, and then he like didn't sleep all night. Yep. And, and later on was able to explain to me like I can't have these conversations late at night because then I won't sleep, and then I'm like in an even worse state the next day, like blah blah blah. blah. So yep. just like weird. Sometimes there are timing things that don't help. I don't know. Yeah, Ryan is exactly the same. Like, I'll feel better that we talked about it and be able to rest easier. Even if it's not like 100% resolved, I'll just feel better that like, okay, I said what I needed to say. He made me feel heard. We talked through it a little bit. I'm going to go to sleep and be a cute little cuddle bug now. And on the other side of my relationship, there's someone who's like, trying to create space for what I need in the moment and not actually processing it for himself until I'm asleep. And the, and he stays yeah. up all night thinking about yeah. it. And like, I got to unload my anxiety so I can sleep now, but now you have it. Now, now you <laughs> figure this out. Okay. Good night. 
you know yeah yeah totally i that's something i really need to i think i've gotten better at that a little bit um but it's it's really hard it's hard yeah it's hard it was really hard for me in a past relationship to it took a lot of adjusting to accept that my one of my exes was not a live processor and he was the kind of person who was like we're in a fight he needs to go on a walk and Mm. that a he fucking abandoned me all the time so it was really hard for me not to feel abandoned but it was also true that he was not a live processor and we could have a better conversation if he first took some time away and that felt impossible to tolerate but um but that is a very legitimate way that people do need to interact as long as they you know you, you know, gain your trust that they're going to come back to resume the conversation. I don't know, but it's so uncomfortable when you're not that way. I feel like the biggest thing that's helped me with that is just simply asking my partner to tell me how long they need. Like, okay, mm. you can go get space, but tell me when you're coming back. Is it an hour? Is it 10 minutes? Like, is it tomorrow? Like, what's the not time this frame? just nebulous space. Yes. Oh my God. Because, yeah. I, because my ex would be somebody who would just run away from things all the time. And I didn't know like when we were going to bring it up again. I didn't know when I was going to like see him, not see him again. Like that seems a little bit too dramatic, but in a way I felt very abandoned and like he would just leave in the middle of things or blow up and and, and leave. And then um, I'm left there. Like, did he just leave me forever? Um, You know, what's, what's going to happen? So I've been able to say now, like, hey, I get that you don't process things in real time the same way, same way that I do. I want to give you the space that you need in those moments. But just tell me, like, I'm going to go to the living room for 20 minutes and then I'll come back and we'll continue this conversation or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and that's helped me a lot. So but I also think it's much easier now a couple years into my relationship than it was at the beginning. Like, we've also built the trust. Where, you know, the very first time that that happened and I said, okay, you can get space. When will you be back? Um, I was still panicking. It took like a few repetitions to no longer panic when that needs to happen. So it's both. I know. I like this. I also, um, something that we did, it only lasted for like a few weeks, but it was cute while it lasted. It's like a version of this check-in. It was basically just a conversation on Sundays of what was your high in the relationship this week what was something in the relationship that like could have been a little bit better this week and what's something this upcoming week that you need my support on or like that I should be aware of and kind of like be ready for with you or, or whatever it is you know like a rosebud thorn type of combo yeah yeah and it makes it more like we didn't put it on the calendar, which is why it faded. So there's something about like your more structured check-ins and having it as a booked time that you know about um, that makes it more sustainable. But we did it for a couple weeks and it was like nice. Aww, it was nice reflection time together. You yeah. Know? I actually find it just like incredibly like that's intimacy is like even saying the really uncomfortable difficult things that you're like I don't know how we're gonna navigate this together but you're like saying what's 
something that's true and you're, you know, getting a chance to like see each other, that's what intimacy is. It's not fucking lingerie. Um, to me, that's it, it's kind of I like look forward to it because it's like kind of the most erotic thing. Like you get to be yeah. so close to someone. Um, so if that's your if that's the motivation you need. I also in thinking about like weird exes and weird ex behavior, I can't stop thinking about the Facebook group. Yeah. And this is this is something I think about with exes all the time. It's like, you know, of course, we're on here talking about like, you know, negative experiences we have with exes because like what else do you say about an ex but they might not even be that way anymore like Mm -hmm. also i did lots i don't know i just always think it's interesting at some point i realized that the ways i had immortalized exes in my head like an ex i dated at 21 that was a fucking 21 year old and you know think of how unrecognizable you were at 21 um so i don't know that's just like a yeah we we didn't all necessarily treat each other the same way. And at the same time, I do kind of want to go back and give a disclaimer that, like, you know, one of my siblings also dated somebody who they ended up having a restraining order against, who was mm. absolutely like a pathological liar and all of these things. And there was a lot of legal involvement and, you know, like real there are real villains out there, too, who are chronically enacting their schemes against people. Unfortunately, that does also happen. So. I, I, if you're like, you know, you need to spread the word. I do get it. I do also get it. But, um, I don't know. I kind of just want to touch back on that. You know, there, there, you can't, I don't know. It's obviously tricky, whatever. There's also people in between who you don't need a restraining order against, but they also really haven't grown and changed that much. You know, like, yeah, it's kind of, um, as much as I'm the lover and I'm like, I want everyone to just grow and be themselves and work on themselves and love everyone and, you know, whatever. I don't want people to be themselves. I don't want that. I want most people to be themselves and to find themselves and whatever, all that good stuff. But when I hear from a mutual friend of my ex that, like, he's still exactly the same, he's still doing the same bullshit, he's still whatever, in a way it's gratifying because it makes me feel like, I mean, I already know it was the right decision for me to leave that relationship. It was so long ago. But it is just a nice, like, okay, I've grown a lot. I've done the self-work. I've found better relationships for myself. I've done this. I've done that. And it's kind of cool that maybe some people I dated in the past haven't, you know, if I were to be a hater a little bit. (laughs) So it's all of it. It's all of it. But that's, I think, the point of that, like, our problem with that Facebook group is, like, you can't encapsulate every experience by one stranger's opinion of another stranger (laughs) yeah i was having a conversation with my boyfriend about like wanting to explore new sexual activities and like things things to keep sex fun and interesting but not knowing what i actually wanted those things to be if that makes Mm. sense like I feel, and I I do think this is relatable, I hope it is, I feel as a person, even though I'm not like the 18-year-old virgin going off to college, never having kissed someone anymore, I still feel that girl inside me so much, and I feel very inexperienced, even though that's not the case anymore, Um, but I just like carry that in my my mind. Yeah. I was trying to explain to him, like, I have this feeling of being inexperienced and I want 
to try new things so that I cannot feel that way anymore. But as somebody who is somewhat inexperienced or sees myself that way or like doesn't watch porn or doesn't, I don't know, not, not that that's where you learn about real sex, but I just feel like I don't even know what the things are. Like if I wanted to do something new with him, what would it even be? And he was like, I mean, I can try to like help, I guess, but I don't really know. Like, I feel like you have to do that exploration for yourself a little bit. And like, I'm down, you know, I'll try, I'll do whatever you want to try, but I just don't know how to like lead you there. Hmm. And it was kind of like difficult in a way because I was like, what you, you are more experienced than me. Like you just make me do all the crazy things. He's like, I don't know, even with the crazy things you're talking about, like we need more direction (laughs) than this. So anyway, then I Googled like things to try to spice up your sex life or something. And I found various articles. I feel like the articles are always so silly. Okay. Everything I found was like not that crazy. It was like it's just stuff going into Cosmopolitan and it like can't be that interesting. I guess so, but it a lot of it was more toys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, try a toy, try lube. Like, are you kidding? That's baseline. (laughs) That's not even, that's nothing. What are you saying? I'm drinking this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Twice a day with my vitamins. Um, (laughs) Everything was more like circumstantial, like have sex outside of your bed. Like, yeah, no shit. I feel like the recommendations are so stupid. They were so so stupid. stupid. And I had done, I read this list of like 120 things. I had done most of them because they were things like that. Well, because you know what? Those articles are written by 22 year olds who also don't know what to do. I guess that, okay. I guess that's part of it. But I reported this back to Ryan and he was like. You reported the article. (laughs) I reported this. This didn't help me. (laughs) I reported this back. back. And I was kind of like, you know, that conversation we had about like trying new things in sex and how I needed to like do a little exploration to figure out like what I was craving, whatever. Like I did some research and it was a false <laughs> alarm. Like, actually, we've done everything <laughs> or whatever I said. <laughs> and he said something that I thought was pretty um, astute. And he was like, that's because most of the things that are make sex new and exciting aren't actually like new sex acts. Like there are only so many sex acts that you can do and either you're interested in them or you're not. And that's fine. It's more like about the circumstances and the emotional state that you're in that changes the experience of sex. So like, yeah, doing it in a different place, doing it somewhere where you could get caught, pretending that you're strangers, doing some sort of role play, like whatever it is for you, that's the way that people spice up sex most of the time. It's not like it's not like I'm this inexperienced girl who hasn't done all these sex acts or even like positions. It's more like you just over time change up the circumstances and experience new things together and new emotional states and things just happen spontaneously. And then you start, I don't know, it starts feeling different. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think that's so, I think that's so true, especially the emotional state. I don't even care that much about being places, but like, right. I think the emotional state, it, it is so funny about the sex positions because I'm like, 
Y'all, there's only like six sex positions. <laughs> this whole thing, the whole thing with like, what is it, the fucking Kama Sutra? Okay, like 14 of the positions are you laying on your side, but like one time you flex your left Your leg foot. is up. Or yeah. like <laughs> one time, one time you like are tapping your knee. It's like, it's the same position, y'all. And, and that's yes. not... And, there, and there's, like, a reason that there's, like, a couple main popular positions because those are the only ones that, like, anyone can tolerate being in and that actually, like, feel good to both people, whatever. It's yes. so silly. Um, I don't think you need to have a ton of positions, but I feel like the thing that has been, that has, like, changed sex the most when I think about it, now that you say that, is the emotional stuff. Things like... um. Like literally talking, like talking through a fantasy. You have just like yes. telling the person. Caroline. You don't have to do it. Just like yes. talking through a fantasy. Um, cause it's emotional vulnerability or like um what was the other thing I was gonna say? Sometimes just like narrating what you're doing physically. Like sometimes I just ask for narration and that's so vulnerable to do. Like there's so much of sex mm-hmm. that's like we're not talking about it. We're doing it, but we're not talking about it. And sometimes if you if I like like to say what you're doing feels so vulnerable. And it's again, it's like emotional vulnerability or closeness or like all this exposure. I, I don't know, like talking through why you like something. Like so much of it is just like m- unpeeling the layers of like why you like things is really really vulnerable and and it makes everybody like feel closer and safer and then you have even the opportunity to be like oh that does make me feel safe saying that I like this other kind of weird thing now we can talk about that yes um I don't know I think that's what's fun literally as soon as I had this conversation with him where I was like okay so I read about it and like we're good we I was like anyway you want to have sex now and so before we started to have sex this is the most um like real time like this literally just happened this week and I'm gonna describe it sex thing that you'll like ever get out of me when it comes to like this was me and my boyfriend anyway I just think I just think it really like made something click for me so this whole thing had happened and then for some reason like we were joking around and it resulted in him narrating without us doing anything. I was sitting on his lap, but we weren't like we were fully closed and we weren't kissing. We weren't groping. We weren't doing anything. And he started narrating like a scene of me and him, like a, a fantasy type of Love thing it. and just describing it. And he did that for pre- probably like 10 minutes or something. And then eventually I was like, OK, enough of this. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> and then we whatever on the other side of that were you just laying were you just like laying like not touching i was sitting on his lap facing him on the couch yeah okay okay so you're allowed to touch a little bit but it's not yeah i guess we we're touching because no, no i was deep, sitting on him no deep touching no deep touching. right no deep touching and we hadn't even set parameter it wasn't like we were like let's not touch we just i just happened happening. to be sitting there and we were talking and then this started happening yeah. based on whatever and yeah n- then after that it was like very arousing and we had sex. And then after having sex, I was like, wait, that's exactly what we were saying about like sex being about the circumstances and emotional states. Like, did you, I was like, did you plan that? And he was like, no, it just kind of happened, which is what I've been trying to tell you that it just kind of happens. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I just feel like I've unlocked. (laughs) I just feel like a new woman. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I've been living in this world where I am like, I don't know. I just mostly do like missionary and cowboy and doggy style. Like 
I'm so inexperienced and like oral sex, you know, like, oh, there must be more. Why am I such a like baby? Why don't I know what to do to get my man off? Like, it's none of that. Yeah, I think the positions thing is the most overrated. It's like there's a reason that certain positions are the most popular positions. And I feel like the rest, like, um, I guess I feel like I've tried a lot of different activities and there are a lot of toys actually that I think are that actually offer something different. So I think yeah. that's fun to explore with. But then like sometimes you try a toy and you're like, this doesn't fucking do anything for me. Sometimes it's fun. And even even the toy thing, it's like. It kind of just gets you both into like a vulnerable position where you're like, I don't know how to use this. This is yes. new. I'm kind of giggling. I'm kind of embarrassed, but we're doing it together. So like even there, the end goal is kind of just like we're both feeling vulnerable and like open. Um, and I think you can do that without a toy or some fucking new fancy thing as well. I love that. Telling you tell yeah. a fucking story. How naked and vulnerable is that? Just be like, this is a story about us having sex, but it's it not happening right now. Crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I was like asking questions as he was going through. I was like, oh, where were we? Okay. What am I wearing? What are you wearing? Well, oh, you said that. What did I say after that? Like, I was just like, I was like hanging on the edge of my seat every step yeah, of his story. Yeah. He can be very descriptive. I was like, let's do more of this. I'm usually the oh, one talking, but let's switch great. it up. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like telling the story. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Jess. I think that's a really, really nice way to capture it. I think Thank you're you. completely correct. I think you're completely correct. Thank you. It was a huge unlock, and I feel like. I don't that's really something that's weighed on me. I don't know. Like it's something that's lived mm. in the back of my mind of just like having this story about myself. Did you talk about that in a recent YouTube video like these narratives we have about the ourselves? Narrative. Yeah. Yeah, we do it a lot. Narrative you write about yourself. I'm I'm inexperienced. I'm whatever. Yeah. Vanilla. I'm whatever. It's so silly cuz I do think a lot of the more performative, gimmicky, experienced sex type interactions, um, you can pursue them at a loss for your connection with the other person. Like once it's like, what's an example? Like, I'm, uh, we're going to wear gimp suits. I'm going to get you in a gimp suit because <laughs> that's kinky and that's hot. And then like you're so committed to this goal that you stop being in touch with like what is the actual fucking vibe here tonight and it's like the opposite of intimacy um I feel like I've tried a couple things where we, I was just like attached to an idea or someone was attached to an idea and like there's nothing wrong with the idea but you lose touch you lose the connection in the meantime well, you have a certain expectation, probably like yeah. a certain you have this idea. And so you have an expectation associated with it. Yeah. And it almost makes you not present in the moment with your partner, not not just seeing what unfolds spontaneously that feels natural to the two of you, but instead trying to like recreate this thing that you heard about or you saw. And it's supposed and, to make us feel this way. And it's supposed right. to feel like this. And like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like I've been caught there before. Um, yeah. And just feeling like, oh, I probably did it wrong. Then it, it, it feeds into this narrative about my inexperience where I'm like, oh, I probably wasn't good enough. I probably did it Aww. wrong. I probably, 
you know, it's something about me um, that that didn't work. And in fact, and literally, I've had this conversation with my boyfriend a few times now because he doesn't feel he doesn't have this narrative about himself. So it's hard for him to put himself in my shoes when I try to describe this. But so we've talked about it a few times just for me to try to get him like a little bit more in my mindset around these things. And he kept saying to me, like, it just kind of happens. Like anytime I've tried something new with someone or um, like had a really like unique experience, it just kind of happened. And I would always be like, nothing just happens. Like somebody has the idea or somebody's experienced it with someone before or somebody saw it somewhere. Like I totally was coming at it from the wrong frame of reference, at least for us. And for me, like it wasn't a frame of reference that was serving me, but it was what I thought it was. And I was so convinced Mm. and I was so convinced he was wrong. Mm. And I just totally, it just totally all flipped on its head this week. And I was like, you were right. (laughs) I think that it kind of happens thing like that's true if everybody's like relaxed enough, which it took. Yeah. It was like really hard for me to get there, too. I have to be like, um, I don't think I've felt relaxed or safe, like in most sexual experiences in my life, probably up until like my last boyfriend. Like then it became like a much more positive experience and um, is in my current relationship. But it's kind of like improv thinking about improv Mm -hmm. like in order to actually discover something spontaneous you have to be so fucking relaxed and at ease and comfortable and like you can walk into a scene and like bring a big idea but like it's not gonna be the same thing um yeah good comparison i feel like some of the things that like feel like sexy or erotic to me now are things that other people I'm not even gonna share them but like other people wouldn't even think are sexy like they're they're not right. like explicitly sexual things it's just like weird shit <laughs> that I stumbled on that I don't know feel whatever yeah I'm 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 delighted by all of this <laughs> I'm delighted for you you're a storyteller we always knew you were a storyteller I know that's so true wow thank you for returning <laughs> me to that <laughs> helping me see the light erotic storyteller did we do it i think we did something i think that's what it's gonna be today you know it's always funny because i feel like last week's episode was so chaotic and like it was lots of bips and bops and weird little topics that led into other things and we yeah it was like a lot and this one don't get me wrong it was still a lot like it's always a lot with us but um this one was more like longer sections. This was lovemaking. This was lovemaking. This was lovemaking. This is what, this is the sex I've been looking for. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> not for everyone, but it's for us. This has been lovemaking. That is not for everyone. You can find us on Instagram, not for everyone pod with the number four. Um, this is edited and produced by Abby Newhouse um, on Instagram, A-B-I Newhouse. Jess is Jay-Z DeBakey on Instagram. I'm Caroline Winkler on YouTube. Um, you can check out our merch store, which we're going to link in the podcast in the episode description. Um, what the hell else? What the hell else? Share this episode. Share a recent episode that you've really liked with a new friend who doesn't know about the pod. I would love that. You know, a good way to share it could be to share. You could just share the episode or you could share one of our Instagram reels with somebody that you thought was funny. Like, just get just get it out there. 
that would that would really do something for my somebody for needs my some little, company. Yeah, it would really titillate me, you know. So somebody who needs some company at home, um, that's what we like to do here. Provide the company. Yeah, yeah we both smell bad, so we're gonna go. Okay. We're gonna go. Bye. <laughs> Give us a shot. <laughs> Are you there? Hey, baby, I'm here. Wonderful poops galot. What? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say poops galaya, and I was like, that's oh, that's cool. cute. That's more girly.